Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're not going to take this beer for granted. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and this week are reading the Obelisk Gate, which is the Broken Earth Trilogy number two by N.K. Jemison. And someone's starting with a beer, maybe. So here's a challenge, gentlemen. I did not have a chance to buy beers, but I have lots of beers in my house. So I grabbed three beers, and the challenge I'm going to lay down primarily for Jimmy okay, I'm ready. is I'm going to reach for a beer at a random time and tell you the name, and you have to think of how it relates to this book. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Do you want, should we start with mine, or you want to start yeah, with start, one of yours? Let's start with it. Let's start with it. Okay. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to give myself uh, a little space and say it doesn't have to start with the. Be- it doesn't have to relate to the beginning of the. No, book. no, go anywhere. It's fine. Okay. It's our podcast. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. No, one, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this one is from New Holland. I'll give you a lot of information. You can do work with what you want. So the New Holland Brewing Company. It's called Dragon's Milk Reserve, and it's a rye barrel aged stout with cinnamon, toasted chilies, and vanilla extract. I mean, I did have an idea what I could do with this, but I, uh, Dragon's what reserve? Dragon's Milk. Reserve. Dragon's Milk Reserve. I have a I have a, a pretty lame idea, but I know Jimmy's really good at coming up with a ridiculous one. Well, let's, let's hear your idea. I'll think. Mine was like you know the people in this story in the world at this point. There's the fifth season going on, which is usually when they start introducing new cast members of a show. And the fifth <laughs> season, it's like shit's fucked up, and they have to go into their reserves of stuff they've saved because they're all like, oh no, we need to make sure we have enough beef jerky or whatever the fuck it is. Actually, like, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good reason. Pretty good, right? Like they're like um, <laughs> they're like the guys who buy like my Patriot Supply uh, MREs. <laughs> like this will last for thirty Doomsday years. Preppers, yeah, or just like crates re- of uh, like Republicans f- now. Neutral Green <laughs> bars from Alex Jones. Dude, I've I've watched uh, more than more than a few videos where my YouTube ads got polluted. We were just be like, hey, sign up now for $99. Get 30 days supply of food that won't expire for 40 years. And I'm like, you can't go wrong. <laughs> I don't know. And I told my wife, she's like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, all right. <laughs> when we starve to death and I eat you. You know I hate going to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, yeah, this is a beer. Dragon's Milk is a beer that comes out, and they have a whole bunch of varieties. And this is the first year, I think, that I remember, uh, being able to find the varieties. Spoiler, I might have a second one later. <laughs> so it's rye barrel aged stout, eleven point eight percent with uh, chili, cinnamon, and vanilla extract. Sounds pretty good. Smells holy shit like cinnamon. And um, oh god, that is a lot of cinnamon. That is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of cinnamon. Cinnamon is not usually something you want a lot of in a drink. No, I don't want to cinnamon challenge my beers. It's like I fucking didn't. fireball. Oh god! Oh yeah! Oh no! That's a bad thing. That's the thing you give to alcohol. people who are like pledging for a fucking fraternity to this book. It picks off kind of like right after the last book ended, which I don't remember. So you guys, well, are just it, it, shit. it it kind of kicks off. It's like a flashback to uh, the before the beginning of the first book for just a little bit, and then it jumps forward to the end to the, the begin, end of the last book. Well, okay, that's actually not quite it either. Oh, Time no. is a flat circle. So, <laughs> it, it, so <laughs> the main character of the first book was Essen, also known as Cyanite, also known as... What was her other Demaya. name? Demaya. Demaya, there you go. Uh, and so, in the first book, you get the perspective of each of those characters, but it's not until sort of like the second half that you realize, oh, wait, it's actually the same person. 
but you're just learning about her life as a child, as a young adult, and then as a later adult when different major things are happening to her. But this book picks up with up up with both her her story progresses. There's that's the word progress, but also her daughter. And that part actually picks up the same day as the very first scene in the first book. Mm-hmm. And so you get, uh, in the very first book, the third version of the character, the, of Essen, you know, the, um, the, the, later, the later timeline, uh, she is looking for her daughter because uh, her, her husband has killed one of their children and then taken the other away, the daughter named Nasun. And so she's looking for her, never finds her, and you don't actually find out what happened to her. And now, until this book, when half of the chapters are from her her perspective, the daughter, and half are from the mom's perspective. Maybe we need to recap what this book is about at all, uh, what the series is about. There's way more, but I think I need to be a first because yeah, you know, probably got a lot, lot, lot to talk about. I uh, very limited choices this week, also. And so, actually, Jimmy, why don't you come up with a reason for mine, too? <laughs> Though I do, do I have, have to do all the work here, guys. <laughs> this is called Shadows Maple Stout by Vermont Beer Makers. God. I have to say Maple Stout, 6.7% alcohol. I think Nas son is what the dad said, and the daughter's like, are you going to kill me, too? He's like, nah, son, just the son. And they're like, what? Do we have to It's a lot less sweet than I was <laughs> expecting, considering it is a maple stout. It is a little bit maple, though. What's the brewery again? It is Vermont Beer Makers. That is so such a utilitarian name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're socialists over in Vermont, so <laughs> they uh, they don't believe in fancy things. Imagine Cap- if every brand is uh, superfluous. If every brand had a name like that, like oh, I got this uh, sandwich from uh, uh, Massachusetts. Burger f- manufacturers. Like, that doesn't it's sound like, good uh, at all. <laughs> it's like in that movie with Ricky Gervais, The Invention of Lying, where they can't make anything creative because they don't know how to make us make stuff up. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, just everything they watch is history documentaries <laughs> on television. Pepsi for when there is no Coke. So anyway, in this book, Hoa follows Essen around AKA like a shadow. Your mom. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like a shadow, and Shafa follows Nasun around. Once he meets her, well, I want to like start a shadow. drinking too um, because I want to. So this book does bring back Shafa, and he meets up with uh, Nasun later in the book. But I'm going to drink now. But when they meet, it's pretty early, and he uh, takes, he says, he decides to be, you know, take care of her and like be, train her and stuff. She's like, shit, did we just become best friends? That's <laughs> <laughs> like your stepbrothers. <laughs> this is called. Did we just co- become best friends? Uh, from Hoofhearted. And it's a, I think it's a picture of Hall and Oates on a giant cat in the front. I think that's, I think that's possible. Yeah. Though to be fair, uh, Essen spends a lot of her times in like an underground cave. And you bet people were constantly asking like, oh God, who farted? Yeah. Because the airflow was limited. Yeah, they have some vents, but not enough. Not that becomes a thing later. Uh, this is a fucking, well, what is it? Zipi or some shit probably. Amarillo and Mosaic with pineapple... So, and and uh, Essen is a man eater. <laughs> Since there's hollow notes on there. Yes. And you're constantly being spied on by private eyes. They're watching you. 
Nate, you better jump in soon because I have a whole lot of other whole nose jokes to make. <laughs> well, she was not a rich girl. <laughs> That's true. That is true. She was quite the opposite. And when they found that underground city, they're like, you make my dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> and later on, when they form the uh, witch school, that's a form of adult education, <laughs> which is another stupid hole in itself. <laughs> and they also, I'm sure that there's a lot of holes in that underground city, and they have to eat a lot of oats. What's his name? Fucking turns into rocks, uh, alabaster. He when he lost his hand, he's probably felt a little out of touch. <laughs> he's like, okay, I can't so go for that. <laughs> no, can't do. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of uh, your kisses on my list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of backstory to that we probably need to explain. So we'll explain it. Okay. So I forgot even, how much it's the happened second in the book first in a book. series. It it, a it's the first, it's the second book, and it's a and it's fantasy. I mean, uh, so anyway, it's fantasy based on. Geology, which is the nerdiest you could get. <laughs> so the type of magic that's practiced in this world is called orogeny, and it is based on uh, Just geology. Rock like you can you can basically like sense rocks and like do stuff with rocks. Only in certain that's parts, the whole, means, you know, like in the erogenous zones. Exactly, the Earth. <laughs> I feel something burning in my loins. It's almost igneous. <laughs> and so in the first book, which is introducing all of this magic, um, Cyanite is learning from Alabaster, the the mass that was like the, the super most knowledgeable of all of the uh, of all the origins trained at the Fulcrum, which is like the magic school. And he is definitely the Gandalf character of this of the series, but, but he gets his hands dirty and then turned to rock. Unlike he, but Gandalf. there's but instead of just Gandalf jumping in and just solving every problem, uh, instead uh, Alabaster rock. <laughs> is a real asshole. Um, and then there's so they have a lot of conflict, which makes it interesting. And then at the end of the first book, they had actually had a child. But then when the guardians came to like recapture them, they she had to kill her their child in order to stop the super ultra most powerful magic potential geology magic user because their child um, from falling into the hands of the guardians. So she has to like kill her own child. You're supposed to say the guardians are the Teutonic looking people. <laughs> Who police the magic people? Are they Teutonic? Well, they're like white. They're white as fuck, but I think they have black hair. Actually, they don't have blonde hair, but they're super white, like Arctic white. I thought just their eyes were white. Their skin is white too. I'm not judging. I'm just saying because there's all these like they're afraid of the sun. There's these like uh, you know fantasy. I mean, this humans. But like fantasy races of humans that I never remember which one was which. Like, oh, this is a mid ladder. This one's a sandset. I was like, I don't, I don't know which one that was, man. I only remember because there's a passage where later on, when uh, Nassin goes to the the moon place, found moon, found moon, which is uh, what you call it when you accidentally shit in your pants and people see it. Like, oh no, <laughs> um, that there's a bunch. There's one. That. That's what I. That's what is that? It's a found moon. It's. It found you. Anyway, so found they go to the found moon, and there's a kid 
who's like white as fuck, and she like tries to be nice. Like I also get sunburned. And it's like saying like, I'm a black person. I can also get sunburned. And he's like, oh really? Thank you. And he's like from the same area. He's like from the Antarctic because yeah. he's white as the driven snow. And then it's like she didn't have the heart to tell him like she has to be out there sun like all day. <laughs> he's in the sun for like a minute. <laughs> he dies. So I don't. Know, maybe I'm. Yeah. You know, but the the guardians are like the race of magical people as well. Spoiler, I guess. Who? But they also have po- this like they iron slug in their skulls, which also like gives them superpowers, but also controls them and causes them a lot of pain at the same time. It's a weird form of operant conditioning <laughs> happening. In this thing planted into the base of their head. And they're really, really strong, and they can apparently cheat death. They just Sometimes. live forever. Yeah, it's it's it. This is not hard science fiction. It's not. Well, it, take, like, it takes a decidedly unscience fiction turn about halfway through. Oh, uh, when they say we found out what it's called, they called it magic. <laughs> like, and they're oh. like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the science. <laughs> It's like the, one of the three episodes of The Simpsons I saw, I saw was the future one, and they're like Marge takes a picture of a of something, and like the Polaroid pops out and it turns into a cake with that picture on it, and it's like life has gotten so much better since scientists invented magic. I know you've mentioned this before. I'm trying to remember if it was on this or a Harry Potter episode, but I know Both, you've probably. mentioned it. It's the only because I only have Simpsons thing I remember. But it's true. Like they, they, it's really funny. Like we found out what it's called, and you're like, I was waiting for a big reveal. And like it's called italics magic. <laughs> oh, like like magic Mike? Or what are you talking yes. about exactly? That was rock hard. It was rock. It was rock hard. <laughs> Chiseled, even. Nate, jump in. We're gonna jump in with some dick I rock puns real soon. I can't find any fault with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really annoyed, by the way, Nate, that you did not respond in the text to my rock pun. Because we were trying to come up with a stupid joke for this, and it was uh, where is it? Oh, I forgot. We talked a lot about Disco Inferno for some reason. <laughs> Made sense at the time. Oh, it was. Uh, you were like, we're not going to remember that good rock pun for the third book. Like, I bet we'll have a full slate of them by then. <laughs> I d- and then I no one, notice. no one bought, no one. Like, ah, you assholes! <laughs> so then I made up an elaborate summary for a, a fictional novel called Disco Inferno <laughs> about something unrelated to this, <laughs> and no one responded. You guys just want me to cut myself. It's really upsetting. <laughs> See how far we can push you, fucking assholes! <laughs> All right, go go so on. So at the end of the first book, Alabaster gets killed. You think, uh, and. He gets eaten he gets, by a rock. He gets demon. taken away. Yeah, he gets like take, he gets like taken away by the rock, by the rock demons, also known as the um, stone eaters. Stone eaters. Yeah, there you go. The opening band for STP. <laughs> and so that was like ten years before the end of the first book, and then the third, and then uh, and so Essen survives, and she basically pretends she like takes on a new identity and pretends she's not an origin because. These uh, in in this world, uh, this is where this book is is about race because the origins are feared and hated because they're different, and, and so she pretends that she's not. Uh, but then a bunch of other stuff happens. So meanwhile, it turns out Alabaster wasn't actually dead after all. And then ten years later, he is the one who used his immense 
magic powers to break the world in half and start this whole and start the this fifth season that they're in, which is going to be devastating and most people are going to die. And so it's his fault. But then he's there trying to explain to Essen how she is the now the only one who has the power to actually fix it because he used himself up. He is now like he barely like he doesn't have like arms or legs anymore or they're turning to stone because that's what happens to you when you like what happened to him at least when he tapped into this immense power and after partway through the book he starts to explain well at the very end the very last line of the first book is have you ever heard of a moon and then period the and then end. he farted really bad he was <laughs> like, check that out and he goes, I found one. <laughs> <laughs> and want to see the dark side of it? And then he sharded. That was actually the epilogue. Uh, and so that's literally the end of the, the first book. And then throughout this book, he uh, he's like explaining what exactly he meant by that and why it's important. But yet he's... The for the the conflict between Essen and Alabaster in the beginning is we that we need it for the tides, and everyone's like, "Who shut the fuck up?" Like, no one cares about the moon. The tides go by. in. The tides go out. You can't explain that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, really, they're like the tide. Like, why did they they meet? It's been thousands of years. Like, no one even knows what a moon is. Like, it's no one's ever seen Imagine one, how, or at least not for thousands of years. Imagine how boring their teenage years were. To not know you could moon people. <laughs> that was a thing. They've not, they have, they talked at different. one, they talked at one point that's in like 25,000 years since the fifth seasons have been coming. And, uh, and it's all that time no one's known about a moon. So it's like two and a half times the length of human history as we know it right now. Recorded with, human history. Well, yeah, yeah. A yeah, civilization, I meant to say, without a moon. Which apparently is very bad for the Earth. Yeah. So Maybe. you start to get this backstory. Um, slowly, oh, it's the back backstory. Yeah, it's the backside story. <laughs> because Alabaster is very bad at explaining. Because he's actually trying to not like tell her all of this stuff. Because it's kind of, well, I guess kind of secret, but also more like it's really also dangerous he's a to dickhead. know. And he's a dickhead. He's just. It's also just dickhead. more dramatic if he doesn't tell her right away. Or else there's some conflict. In the book, if he doesn't just tell it right away. But essentially, he, uh, he and other, probably others, along with the Stone Eaters, whoever they are, have come to the realization that the reason why these terrible things are happening to the world is because about 25,000 years ago, the people managed to tap into this power, to this magic power, and they basically flung the moon away from the earth. Well, they like dug a hole so to the, the earth is now core on or something, didn't they? Well, you'll find more about that in the third book, I think. But all we know for now is that somehow the people 25,000 years ago did something to the moon, and now it's in a highly elliptical orbit and causing very and causing a lot of geologic problems that are happening. And that what Alabaster did was like the first thing when you tapped into this immense power in order to recapture the moon or at least tell it essentially back send that it, thing have up it, <laughs> send it to have it start coming back to the earth but now he's done he's he's about to, he's dying because he's turning into stone and 
he has no like arms or legs left uh in that he's saying essen you're the only one who now has the power to actually capture the moon into a stable orbit when it arrives and she's still like what's a moon i don't get it nor does she know how to like do that kind of magic and so she's learning how to do it in this book let me just say, though, for the record, we're not like a trigger warning podcast, but saying capturing the moon is not an okay uh, euphemism for grabbing a girl's ass. You can't do it. It's wrong. Or right? for hunting members of the Unification Church. Wait, what? The <laughs> I was making a butt joke. <laughs> what? You know what the Moonies? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, wow. I'm missing yeah. out on some fundamentalism, aren't I? The Moonies the, are... The, the Korean... It's a cult. It's a Korean cult. Oh, that, that has... dude! I remember having. A, I got his book handed to me once. Yeah, yeah. They have a cult. They 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 actually have a stunning amount of weird, like political pull for some reason. Uh, and they own a bunch of newspapers and shit. And they're called the Moonies. And they have big mass weddings. It was basically started as a sex slave it's like cult. The worst. And it just kind of got out of control. Version of there. the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> so their sex cult. It's because the guy's name is like Moon something or other. Yeah, his last name was Moon. Um, and now the the, the unification shirt. Keith Moon. He was Keith Moon, yeah. <laughs> God, he could fucking play. I, I didn't really know we were going to go anywhere serious. I really just thought I was making a butt joke. But let's test you, Jimmy. <laughs> Damn it! Speaking of the moon, <laughs> this one's pretty easy, actually. I, I also I, I do have like a shitty idea. I just want to see if Jimmy can come up with a better one because they're usually funnier. Uh, this is a beer we've had many times, but I have a lot of it in the fridge. Never enough. You can call us, Lawson's. Sip of Sunshine. How can we, how can we relate this to the book? I'll, I'll tell you what my thought well, was. Well, the afterwards. sun is just the front of the moon, which is its sun's back. That's what I call my penis, yeah. It is the front. <laughs> Nate, you're not disagreeing. He's nodding <laughs> vehemently in agreement, actually. He's you like, have yep. told me that before, yeah. That's true. That is the, that's what the moon is. My thought was Alabaster's a real prick, and I was sarcastically calling him. He's a real sip of sunshine because uh, he's a dick whenever he's Also, alive. they don't see the sun anymore because of uh, the ash clouds from tearing the, the world in half. Um, from the all volcanoes. The plants are going to die. And they're living in a giant they, ash they hole. Could, they could really use a little sip of sunshine. They could. The, the all plants. right. So we have something. This is Lawson's Finest Liquids. Again, the oddest name for a beverage company because it sounds like something... <laughs> F- the fucking Borg would name it. <laughs> would you like some finest liquids? Like, ew. That's <laughs> like some of that's my like, finest I, liquids. That's like what you call it on Craigslist when you don't want to advertise directly that you'll pee on people for money. <laughs> it's like, hey, I I'm a purveyor of the finest liquids. <laughs> they're like, oh, I know what that means. So, Lost's finest liquids IPA. We've had it many many times, and it is a great IPA, and it's still great. Man, the other day I drank a whole lot of, not this beer, but I drank a whole lot of Dogfish 90 Minute. Oh, God. Mm. Great beer. Many, many nights obliterated by that. And it's this kind of an IPA, like an old school West Coast IPA, uh, or more like this kind of style. I was like, I miss these. I still love the juicy New England things, but I was like, oh, I might be ready to switch back. I don't know. It was real nice. It hit all sorts Porcino of stuff. So uh, we should say... This mm-hmm. beer and all of our beers are brought over to our supporters over at Patreon. 
And if you want to support the podcast, you could head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club. These beers were provided to us by our patrons who give us money and then we buy alcohol with it. That's called enabling in most worlds, but for us, it's called patronage. Um, so you can become a patron at drunkguysbookclub.com. <laughs> nope. At patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub. I never go to it because I don't give money. Uh, <laughs> so you can do that and you get crazy benefits. Literally insane. Legally, we can't tell you what they are, but we will anyway because we can do whatever we want. So every month you get to vote on one of our books. You get to vote for one of the books that we do. One of them is the patron's choice. You don't get to choose from anything. We choose the choices. So, you know, like all it's elections, it's rigged. a limited democracy. Yes. And there's always a theme that we come up with uh, out of our ass. And you can also uh, do cool stuff. Like we get, uh, there's some merch there or something like that. And you can also uh, get shouted out on our book pull episodes where you can make us say horrible things. Um, and we are contractually obligated to say. And also, you can join us live once every few months whenever we find something that is worth reading with everybody else. We must or be due for one. Dumb. We're probably due for one. But also, I don't know when this is coming out, so who knows? We're due for one whenever this comes out. <laughs> so there's a bunch of stuff happening in this story. You know, she's learning how to do uh, quote-unquote magic. And also, simultaneously, uh, Nasun is... Uh, she is now hanging out in Antarctica, or Arctica. I can't remember which one. Antarctica. Um, it is Antarctica, okay. With uh, a bunch, there's, there's a calm they have there, that's what they call their communities, because uh, you have to have fake words in fantasy books or people don't buy it. Um, and, and she's living there with her dad, who is uh, you know a normal boring guy and an inveterate racist against origins. But this community is full of origins, and he believes that if she takes her there, then she will, they'll teach her how to get rid of it. That's not true. Uh, but that's what they're doing. Well, because and like also most is people there who is... don't understand like, different people, he doesn't, he doesn't even understand what the fuck it is. So he, all his yes. understanding is like hearsay and old wives' tales. Like, either I heard there's a place they can fix you. It's like, yeah. You... Conversion, it takes you to conversion camp. Yeah, conversion um, therapy for witches. That's what this part really did feel like. Pray it's the like, rock gay away. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Ragas, yeah. Oh, yeah, Raga. That's the bad word for uh, origins, and it's... It starts with a hard R. It starts with a hard R. But also at this camp is Shafa, who was the guardian from the first book. Sure, for but Shafa in this Khan. book, <laughs> ain't nobody gonna protect me better. Um because also in this book, he's different because at the end of the first book, when she exploded everything and killed her kid, she killed all the guardians, but he lived because of luck and plot. And, and but spite. he got a chunk of, and spite, yes, but he got a chunk of something stuck in his brain hole. And now he's like nice, kinda, and he feels bad about all the shit he did. Sort of. But he's still a believer in the cause. Well, he made some sort of like deal with the devil in that passage where it's like, oh, I know what this is gonna cost. Fuck it, I don't want to be dead. And it's it's the kind of agreement most people would actually make, <laughs> given the choice, yeah. like death or not death. You're like, yeah, I'll probably take not death. But it's never really clear. He's deal. like dealing with some sort of supernatural force, the silver shit that comes out of his head <laughs> later on. It's literally the magic. It's the magic, yeah. 
And though it does, it is kind of in this book they go into what the Guardians actually are, which is they're just also origins, kind of, and they get this shunt in their brainstem, and it makes them like the opposite or something. They have like a sensitivity to it. They're resistant to it. But like they get, so, they can like detect it, I guess. I don't know. But they have to start out with a little bit of yeah. the talent. And then they, and then when they get the brain implant thing of the magic rock, then they can't, people can't use their magic on them because they are, they can do it. It's inside like them. inert. <laughs> just like cancel yeah, basically out. Basically they are. They're kind of, they're, 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 they're basically the fucking, um, what's it called? The Bella Swans of, Oh no! Of this. Don't insult those <laughs> people like that, Jimmy. <laughs> she makes their powers not any good. The neutralizers. <laughs> just the... Well, that's kind of what they are. They are neutralizers. They can make them, and their whole purpose is to like basically bodyguard these people, and also if they ever act out, kill them as fast as you can. Because yeah, because they can do bad could, stuff. You know, spoiler from last book: bring about the end of the world. <laughs> so you want to make it's a real minimize move, really. that. Especially when they're kids, because kids are fucking assholes and don't know what they're doing. And so, like, when kids are throwing a tantrum, it's one thing. But when they are magic children, those tantrums can be pretty intense. I tell you yesterday, we had a play date at my house. And speaking of tantrums, I was thinking, because I was like power reading through this book. And uh, there's, like, my daughter and two other little kids playing, brother and sister. And all of a sudden, we all parents here crying, and they're just like, "Oh, please don't let it be my kid that did the problem, did the thing." Thank God it wasn't my kids; it was other derelict children. <laughs> and the brother, the little boy, bit his sister. And then the parent, like, "Oh, that's on you! All right, good job, my kid." And then they're like talking to him, and we're all listening, we're, like trying to like give him this parenting space. Like, don't you know? I don't want to get in there, like, "Hey, you know what I would do?" Because that's an asshole thing to do as a parent. But then I hear the kids say, like, their mom was like. Why would you do that? We don't bite people. You're fucking four. What's wrong with you? And then he just said, I forgot I had teeth. (laughs) 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 And and we were all like, that's possible. I don't know. (laughs) I forgot how stupid children are. I mean, they're relatively new for him. (laughs) I guess it is like, it's, it's, it's easier to believe that he... Honestly, forgot he had teeth. <laughs> than if he was smart enough to come up with that ridiculous idea, yeah, I can't imagine he thought excuse. like they'll never, they'll never see this coming. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so he probably, I forgot I had teeth. I didn't realize it was going to hurt her. And that's a child without magic. So imagine <laughs> how dangerous a child who could like summon tsunamis and fucking earthquakes is when they're pissed off. You need people who could who could protect you from them. The guardians are someone someone who will stab that child right in the brainstem. Right they're away. the necessary evil, you know. Like the, they're the, you know they protect you while you're asleep. They're like the the special forces. You don't want to know what they're doing <laughs> when they're out there, like perpetrating regime change, <laughs> whatever. It's like oh, I don't want to know. I don't know how it's done, but I'm glad we need those. Bananas. I'm glad it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> those are important bananas. <laughs> The lifeblood of the American economy. <laughs> Those bananas. So she's doing that. Uh, she's learning to be... Because uh, her whole life as a kid, she had to hide the fact that she was uh, an origin and her mother was teaching her uh, how to like blend in and don't ever show anyone that you can do this but shit also or they'll be you to death. Without, you know, yes. 
forgetting you have teeth. She broke her hand. Call which back. is something that Shafa did. That Shafa did to Essen when she was a child. Also, which when he tells when she tells him that, I think he remembers or he figures out who she is or he doesn't because mm-hmm. he's not he's not one hundred percent there. He's just kind of like a, he's a little huh. Good idea. I do that all the time. That's fun. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I, I'm I'm really struggling to think of any Shaka Khan songs, but it's just ain't nobody. Only Shafa Khan break hands. <laughs> But he's like, huh, that's a really, that seems, that hits close to home. Like right about, if home was in the hand area, that's where it would hit. <laughs> and then, uh, because he's, he's he gets like Forrest Gumped. <laughs> like there's something, he's like, that seems like a good idea. But like he, he like understands certain things. I don't know. He's like slowly. He's got a chunk of something in his brain. But he always had it there. No, no, he's got a new chunk of something. But like it like brain. took over more brain and like got Golan Heights. His, his brain got a little mushier than it used to be. Yeah. Be, well, he also was underwater for a really long time. Yeah. But he's like he's pruning. I remember this a little bit. And as reading the book, you're like, I also remember well played N.K. Jemison. <laughs> something I can understand without having to figure out what the fuck you're saying. Thank you. But that just goes right by, right the fuck by. But then he he does threaten that same scene because this is when um, Nassin is explaining what happened. He's like, "You're a super powerful wizard, child, <laughs> wizard Harry." And um, <laughs> what the fuck was that about? Like, how did you manage and whatever? And she's like, "Oh, my mom used to take me to the the ravine for our girl time." And like, part of me in like my like, "Oh, I wish I was in an English class to be an asshole." I was like, that's a very vaginal shape. Uh, but the. <laughs> 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 there, it's like we'd have our girl time And she would train me Once a month <laughs> <laughs> Exactly uh, And then the mom was like You fucking listen to me And he's like Oh this is, this is, this is very fascinating But then like, in the middle Somewhere in the story The girl Says something where he's like, he like puts his fingers on her head and she's like, he could probably fucking kill me right now. And her whole thing is like, if he needs to, he probably has a good reason. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to fight this shit because he probably has a very good reason. Like, my dad didn't have a very good reason for murdering my brother. I don't know. The world is fucked up. And then he feels like really bad at the same time. Like, it's very weird because I I didn't reread the first book and I actually didn't even listen to our episode on it, but... I feel like he was pretty cold-blooded in book one. Yeah, he was. So here he's, it's kind of like in Terminator 2, you know? Like he's... He's a nice Terminator Yeah, he's like now. Hasta La Vista, baby. Like he gets a little person personhood to him. But he just, he, he's like on the front, he's like, for a second, it's like, this might be an untrainable kid. You might have to, it might be better to just kill her now. Because when he comes out of the, maybe you talked about this before, but when he comes out of like the water with his with his brain all fucked up, he murders a whole family. Of, uh, he sucks their brain juices out. He just like breaks their necks. But he, he like he he does that thing where he touches the back of their heads, and that's how he heals himself because he also does magic. Right. Oh, I didn't even pick that all up. I just assumed he was just breaking necks and shit. <laughs> just like in true lies. Exactly. Exactly like true lies. hundred <laughs> percent like true lies. Everything. <laughs> He's clearly Arnold. This <laughs> is an amalgamation of all Arnold Schwarzenegger characters. Like stay hungry. <laughs> it's like. Stick around. No, I, I assumed it was. Like, I really assumed it was like true lies. He's just breaking people's necks because he's a giant, 
and they're sleeping people. Like he's he's probably good at that. It's <laughs> the easiest time to break someone's neck, so I hear. Um, anyway, also rabbits. while this is going on, what <laughs> uh, Essen is still learning to do rock magic, rock know, paper scissors magic two point um, but she's living in this underground city in this big ass geode that some ancient civilization has built. Uh, geodude. And they're all <laughs> geodude. Um, and then they're living there, and there's Origins living there, and there's people from all the comms living there. They're all like, oh, this, the, we're all safer here underground because of all the shit going on above ground. Like when the seasons happen, uh, the weather gets funky. Uh, Animals turn into asshole versions of animals. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Everything becomes a like, jackalope. Uh, <laughs> a ferret turns into a mean ferret, and, like, flies turn into bugs that actually have boiling water inside of them, which is a real thing. Is that really? There are bugs that shoot, like, boiling liquid. I mean, they can't digest a human like this book, but it's a real thing. Bombardier beetles. They spray boiling that other ass, Michael. You know what that's like. I mean, mine is just more <laughs> room temperature. <laughs> they're little asshole things. When they, they eject a hot, noxious chemical spray. Yeah, I do that too. Uh, I don't get a fucking Wikipedia page. <laughs> I found my spirit oh, animal. With a popping sound. Yeah, get in line. <laughs> you know how many beers I have on this podcast? Like that? Yeah, of course I do that. <laughs> <laughs> so so above ground sucks ass. So they're all living out underground, but it's still you know there's some there's some clashes going on because uh, everyone's from different places. They all do different stuff. It's like it's you know it's forced into this new mixed culture, and they're really salty about it. Oh God, that's gonna be a terrible beer. <laughs> this is uh, yeah. I'm not looking. I, I saw this as like oh it would work, but I don't want to drink this. This is from Paradox. This is called mixed culture salty peach. Sour elbow with sea salt and peaches aged in oaked fetters. It's that guy who played tennis, right? Roger Federer? Kevin Federline. <laughs> oh, the guy who knocked up Bernie Spears. Kevin Fetters' yes. line. That should be... <laughs> if that is that, not... Kevin Fetters' line are his children. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a craft beer somewhere. I can't believe that's not. <laughs> or a picture of Roger Federer where he looks especially dopey. He's like, Roger Federer's er. <laughs> Durr. Even more fetter. Um, honestly, this is not nearly as vile as I thought it would be. It's interesting. I don't really like peach as a flavor, ever. Um, but this is pretty good, actually. Surprisingly. When you think a nice sour peach salt drink. <laughs> it's not, a, not something you'd want to put inside you. But it's not bad. It's not often you have the opportunity to put that inside of you. Which is that also is my pickup line. That's that people combine. <laughs> Excuse me, we're going to put something rare inside you? You don't get this chance every day. Thankfully. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know why it exists or who thought of this, but okay. I don't think the world's worse off for it. It's not better, but uh, it's interesting. A ringing endorsement. <laughs> you know what? That's as good as they're going to get for the sour peach salt beer. <laughs> I think they should be. I think they should be thrilled. I feel like the people who really like, gush over those beers... I was like, oh, it's so complex and it's different. Super tasters, Michael. Maybe, but I think there is a bit of like Stockholm syndrome where you're just like, this is this is what cool is these days, and I need to figure out why, and I don't want to be left out. I can really get a nice wet newspaper t- 
taste to yeah. it. Uh, Hints of horse blanket. <laughs> it's 100% a beer flavor. It's horse blanket. <laughs> and and yeah, it's a little like over-ripened fruit and uh and and you mean you mean rotting. You're talking about Oh rotting. yeah, rotting fruit and like and an almost calcified earthiness. Like no one fucking wants that in their mouth. <laughs> There's a reason why people invented like chicken nuggets. Like people, like there's certain flavors we like, and then there's other things like I'll tolerate that. Nice dose of old man toes. (laughs) Oh no, that's upsetting. That's a fifth season, right? Oh no, (laughs) old man toes. The air smells like old man toes. (laughs) Are we going to start that again? The list of the seasons that were terrible. (laughs) Old man toes. I saw something on the internet. It was like. The, you know that guy who was on Night at Fiance who looks like a potato, who doesn't have a neck? Uh, I, the Night at the what? No, 90 Day Fiance. Uh, I, I didn't watch the show. The, no, I have, I, I read books. I've, I've, book I've seen one episode. It's, it's just about, that's, that's just, it's a sex trafficking show. It's a nightmare. Um, but there's one guy who looks like a potato. Um, <laughs> they call him No Neck Ed. And someone's like, that guy looks like he just has neck smegma. I am, I'm glad that I didn't have to look up egg, neck smegma. Oh, oh yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, he absolutely does have next magma. And it is it's like imagine you took uh like a like a piping bag of cannoli cream <laughs> and then let that bag sit in your basement. And oh, in the trunk of your hot car on an August day. He's a human hot carl. And he just he just lubricated his his uh, grease joints. Oh no, that's an upsetting show. Nate, have you seen this man? I have not. Yeah. I have heard of it, but I've never you, seen it. You just Google. I just typed in uh, "90 Day Fiance." I actually wrote "90 Day Fiance" because I'm a fucking <laughs> stupid person. No neck. <laughs> I bet if you just type "no neck ad," you're gonna get him too. There, maybe there's another no neck ad there. He's like, ah, no, it's my time. To it's shine. the exact same pictures. Just type "no yeah. neck ad." <laughs> He also looks like he barely has arms. He's like a T-Rex. He's a potato. <laughs> He's a butt plug. It's ridiculous looking. And what is he, just import poor women from like Belarus or something? Uh, I think his was one of the Asian countries. So I don't know. I didn't see any of that one. Oh, that's upsetting. It makes me too sad to know that it's a real Wait, show. Does he have a real Anyway, thing? like a real pe- penis? What do you mean? Well, I see, like, when you type in no-neck ed and hit space, and, like, what are the other things? And one of them was, like, <laughs> some sort of neck condition explained. He has a rare neck condition. Clipple, f- I'm sure he wrote this. This isn't real. <laughs> it's a genetic <laughs> no defect. No-neck-itis. <laughs> Being a turd syndrome. Uh, I don't want to look at this anymore. <laughs> so they're living in this geode, and they're all fighting, and, you know, everybody's learned to, learning their best to get along. And uh, Essen's there with Tonky, which is uh, her traveling companion slash uh, homeless lady slash childhood friend of someone. And she's also with Hoa, the uh, stone eater child. Showa. Hoa or Showa. What happened to Nate? <laughs> <laughs> so by this point, we know that Hoa is not a child. He is a stone eater who looks like a child. Uh, for being a creep reasons, uh, so we could spy on Essen basically because he's like he likes her because she's was as he says oh later like why me he says because you were nice to me he's like oh that's really all it takes and he's like yeah that's really it it's pretty bleak being a stone eater 
And so he's going around, and there's other stone eaters also in this uh, underground place, Kastrama, where no one has balls. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, there's one who hangs out with Alabaster and, and is a, just a, a headrest for him so, because they don't really need to move. Al- Alimony? They what was are its rocks. name? Antim- Antimony yeah. is the opposite of Anthony. Um, <laughs> the opposite of Timothy. <laughs> and Timothy. <laughs> Uh, and there's it's like also if Timothy was made of antimatter. They're all Ooh, they're Timothy. all just rock names, which is well, they don't really even have names. They just give themselves names like that so that the humans can refer to them. But like all the wizard um, people had rock names, and uh, they're all rock. The, riz- the, the the wizard people are given rock names when they're trained as children. Like your rock name is gonna be this, and they named him Alabaster because he was really black, and they thought it was funny. Yeah, he is. He is a dark skinned gentleman. And they were like, nice. <laughs> like, oh, get it? No. <laughs> I'm sure we made this joke the last time. How did we not make rock? Nate, did we make more rock jokes last time? I'm sure. I mean, we had to. Some of them were pretty nice. I just said night. What the? Oh, you fucking. Oh, I didn't even hear what he said. Oh, you Damn fucking. It. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> So there's also a bunch of other rock eaters around there, or stone hey, eaters, so and they're much. like hanging out, just being creepy. And then suddenly they start just appearing, and they're like, "What the fuck is going on?" He's so, so basalty. Ho has Ho has been uh, <laughs> Ho has been eating the other stone eaters in some sort of weird cannibalism thing they do. And he says, "Oh, you know, it doesn't really kill them. They just get real small, and you have to poop them out, and they just put themselves back together like Doctor Manhattan, but of rock poop." And then one day. They're all like, we gotta, you know, check out what's going on around the fucking outside because, you know, we gotta go up there and get some get some leaves. We don't don't get scurvy or something like that, and eat an orange or some shit. And they're like, oh, there's a there's a bunch of heads on spikes over there. Like that. It was entire people impaled. Well, heads and the rest of them. Like Vlad the Impaler (laughs) came down and just like, oh, check it out. It's very pomice. And they're like, what? That doesn't even. That wasn't even good. He's tough. That's a rock, isn't it? Tough yes. as tough schist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and there's a whole thing where they're like, what are we supposed to do? But and there's a there's a bunch of other characters that are introduced here, and I'm not sure how much I need to care about them. In uh Kastrima, there's there's Hyarka, I guess is how you pronounce that name, right? Hajarka? How do you say that one? Yeah, probably Hyarka. Hyarka? It sounds very like it look it looked on paper very uh, Scandinavian. I think that was one of the Arcticer people, and then, uh, and then they are they're like, oh no, is it the roving bands of the comless? Is it the communists or whatever they're saying? And then <laughs> someone's like, no, that's just a warning. That's like a territorial marking thing. Don't go over there. It's like there to say we're going to get you. And you're like, will this matter? And you're like, yeah, it absolutely will. In like five chapters, you're going to see this. <laughs> Come back real soon. So, in the chapters in Kastrima, all the uh, there's uh, a lot of conflict between the people living there, or not conflict, well, com- book conflict in terms of like, well, they've got to figure out what to do because they're trying to figure out how to survive during this fifth season, which could last also years. Which, and they think it's which they, could they, last they, ten thousand. They're like, years, it's gonna, this, or this never is end. the big one. It's going to last forever. Multiple that, that got said in various ways early on. Like this, oh, it's, yeah. like what do you think? You think we'll be over by Tuesday? Like maybe. This is much worse than the season of damp socks. 
<laughs> we had a lot of good seasons last episode. <laughs> Uh, and so there's a lot of conflict, and we're not going to explain. Oh, the this is like characters. This is like but. the season of when the delivery guy keeps giving your package to the next door neighbor. This is, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> it's going to last. It's inconvenient. It, this is not inconvenience. This is like the no, season this is, of. This is the end of the world. Ah, fuck, there's beer everywhere. Fucking. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, this, is, this is a different. Oh, it's the season. Fuck. <laughs> it's a season of spilling your beer oh, no. all over your computer. That's all over my pants. Uh, <laughs> well, now you can just piss yourself and no one will know. Oh, no. Like usual. Now my, my dried piss is cold again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the main thing that happens with uh, Essen is that she's like... Try, trying to navigate the politics of the place of the of Kastrima and all the people that live there, um, but and then the their calm is about to be attacked by a neighboring calm because they're being manipulated by another stone eater. At the same time, she's trying to learn how to do the thing with the moon, but she doesn't really like understand, and she's only just started to learn how to do this extra magic thing. All the silver, she sees the silver everywhere. He's teaching her to see, like, deeper and deeper and to sense this magic stuff that's inside them. That's why they can do this magic. But he's like, it's just, there's a thing in there, and that's why it works. It's like midichlorians. He's also told her, like, go go talk to an obelisk at one point. That was a thing. And he's... Yeah, to summon one. Because she did in the first book, and she's like... She found one, and it turns out, like, that was Hoa or some shit. And you're like, I don't know what that means yet, and it'll make more sense this time, but not a whole lot more, because it's still very confusing. I, she, I think um, Jemison purposely leaves a little, makes it a little uh, opaque. Mysterious. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, so um, she, uh, Essen, is learning to do both these things at the same time and the uh, neighboring calm comes to like threaten them and says all of you need to leave and give us all your food so that we can survive. You can join us but you can't keep your origins there. You, they're, they're not allowed and since Essen is there and there are other origins there it's like and including, a major including problem, the leader of Kastrima. What the fuck was her name? Yeah. Ika? Ika. Ika. She's like a, un, she's also, like a feral origin. Yeah, they, when they say ferals, they just mean like people that weren't trained Fulcrum. by the, the wizard school, by Hogwarts. And so they learn to do stuff on their own. But also it is uh, tradition that during uh, a fifth season, uh, all of the origins are exterminated because there's enough trouble going on and they use them mainly to keep things going in between seasons. And once the season's here, like, there's no need for them. Fuck them. Kill them all. But they're trying to stay alive. And, I mean, just, like, uh, skipping, like, a whole bunch of stuff, essentially. The, the attack happens, and then Essen is able to, like, realize what she has to do, which is she taps into the obelisk, which creates a network with the other obelisks. And she then learns that, the power that, of and, parallel processing. Yes, well, and, that, and that turns into a, it? 
Well, she, he, he, but he's like very cryptic in what he says. He's like, the obelisks are a network and the network opens the gate. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But then by the end of the book, she like kind of figures out how to do that. Where she taps into the big obelisk that's been like floating above the city because she called it. And is able to like, a, like basically devastate the entire army that was like attacking their, uh, their calm, the underground one. And also other stuff too. <laughs> and she's able to locate her daughter who's on the other side of the world. She's able to like figure out through her now superpower connected to the obelisk that, you know, Oh, Oh, that's where she is. And so she knows where she is now. Also, she murders an entire city. Yeah. The attacking city, but she does it by flint of her own hard work. Oh, that's not how that expression works. <laughs> Uh, she has lots of not nice grit. That's a that must be a rock word. Anyway, I have a beer has to be opened, <laughs> and they were like, "There's going to be some real estate for shale over there." Uh, so this is also Dragon's Milk Reserve, but this is Reserve Number Two, which I normally can't <laughs> reserve my Number Twos, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a. Bourbon barrel aged stout with Stroop waffle, which might be one of the mm, races. The best kind. Yeah, the, the te- best type of waffles. They have whooping cough or something. Stroop waffle, coffee, caramel, and cinnamon. And this one is at a modest 11% alcohol. Have you ever had Stroop waffle? Um, I have no idea what that is. It's like a weird cookie thing that has like a caramelly kind of filler. It's like a, it's like a, as if. Oreos were only made by white supremacists. Like it's super, everything's white about it, <laughs> and it's and it comes from Europe. And you're like, oh yeah. It looks like a it looks like a really thin, boring ego. Yeah, yeah. Thin ego cookie filled with just like a cinnamon sugary thing. They're pretty good, but you're like, uh, this is the cookie of the master race. That's for sure. Well, they're Dutch, so it's Master Race adjacent. They're Belgian, aren't they? Isn't True Waffle be- Belgian? Uh, no. They're first made in the city of Gouda, South Holland. But with a cheese? Gouda try, though. With the cheese is from? <laughs> nice. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Gouda. No? Gouda is not from yeah, there? I'm, yeah. I don't, I don't know if... I'd be, I guess it... If they... I feel like Wait, Gouda, they had a city named after a cheese, and they were like, let's make a cookie? Like, that's no, what no, they did? No, for his... Famous for his Gouda cheese. I guess I didn't know Gouda was Dutch. All right, I, uh, all right. we all learned something today. This is this is a, this is a much nicer, much nicer beer. And it's again. Uh, I mean, I could put Jimmy on the spot. Uh, do you have, an, you have what else? Could we, what, what could be the connection, Jimmy, for this Dragon's Milk Reserve? Uh, milk will absolutely not last through the season. <laughs> so Stroop Waffle. This is a great beer. Thank you, Dragon's Milk. And by thank you, I mean you're welcome because I paid for this. Um, well, our patrons did. And thank you to whoever died milking that dragon. It's not an easy task. Because they're only males. It's <laughs> it takes it takes longer. They have to they just fertilize eggs. <laughs> it's it's a very weird system. So Nate, what happens next? <laughs> well, this is basically the end. This is where Essen uh uses uh basically realizes that how to tap into the obelisk gate to create to um or to tap into the gate and so now she like kind of knows what she needs to do a little bit to recapture the moon but she hasn't done it yet she just has an idea how 
We we may have skipped over the fact that Alabaster told her he broke the earth to knock the moon out of back into thing, and the second part is to catch the moon as it goes by, like a big baseball. But he's all fucked up. He can't do it. So she's got to do it. She's got to catch the moon. But if someone can do it, it will end the fifth season. We will. Have- it will fix all of the. It will fix all of. It will. Geology will go back to normal. We forgot where we left. O- skipped over where he talks about being dragged through the mantle of the earth to go to uh, Detroit Rock the City. city, where they yeah, <laughs> the city where they fucked up the earth. Which is just like a big volcano and whatever that fucking uh, hole in the ground they have in Russia is, where <laughs> they've just like mined that that the hell the hell eternal burning place. Is that one? There's a couple of different places you no, see. No, so on, on like uh, in Russia Geographic. they tried to just drill the deepest hole they could they could and ten kilometers deep or something like that. I think they didn't even quite make it that far because at that point rocks just become kind of like gummy. Shouldn't that make them because it's e- so hot easier to get rid of? Well, the thing is, you, Have if you, you try like, to get rid of gum, Michael, it, the thing is, if if you like dig into the rock, it just fills back in with other rock that flows in. So you can't really just get any farther. It's like trying to dig a hole on the beach. Anyway, so it's only about like four inches wide. It's really like narrow. <laughs> four inches wide. Who's? Well, I don't need to brag. You know. <laughs> 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 it's a baby's hole. So, all right. Sounds tight. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, so this was basically the end of the book. And so now you know that the that the third and final book is going to be setting up as in essentially learning how to capture the moon Opera- and put the moon Operation back. Moon Grabber. Is uh, is that the title of the third book? Something like that, right? Yeah, you nailed it. I have no yeah, idea what it's called. That's it. <laughs> it's a, is it becomes a it becomes a Robert Ludlum book. <laughs> Three. Treadstone. Yes. Is that that makes sense? Is now. that what it's called? I don't even know. I have no idea what the third book is called. No, that's uh, that's Jason Bourne. Oh, isn't that Robert Ludlum? Do you write Jason Bourne? Yeah, I thought he did. Oh. Yeah. Well, then yeah, that is. Not that I've read any of them. I've only seen the Jason Bourne movies. I don't want to ever read that. There's no reason to read that. No. Dog, I'm sure they make Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy look and uh what the fuck is that other guy's name? Tom Clancy. I'm sure they make those two schlubs look like fucking Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> so it's setting and this is the classic trilogy thing, right? Like book one, you never know if you're gonna get a book two or three or a movie two or three or whatever it is. So it has to be f- Well she burned these out one a year. She was ready. She, she was, but like you still never know. I mean, she was. She yeah. had published a few books, but my understanding, which could be completely wrong, is that these are the ones that, like, oh my god, she like put her onto this like higher level of sci-fi authordom. Each of them won the sci-fi book of the year, whatever the fuck. And word. I believe that that's just still the only trilogy where every book won. I think so. I think yeah. I don't think any. I don't think anyone's done it in the last year or two. I've not paid attention. There have been plenty of books. You know, you see like random things like Harry Potter four won the Hugo. Or like, but each one of these three books won the Hugo Nebula, the Nerd Boner Book Lo- of the Year. Locus. They might have won the Locus too. I don't even know. But they won like three years in a row. 
for each one for each book. It, I think it's definitely I think it's the only time it's been done. Yes, it is. Even though she's just like this is sci-fi. It's like they did something by something called magic. And you're like, all right, whatever, fuck it. I'm okay with that. Whatever, it's fine. I mean, it definitely. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> feels it. It just the whole way through. It just feels more like fantasy than yeah, sci-fi. For sure. Yeah. Although saying it's done by magic versus it's done by my Rockatron 5000 that does the thing. Like, is there a big difference in that? Nate, you can't really. give away intellectual property like that. You know that not Rockatron 5000 is still in development. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's fantasy and science fiction Deny. definitely overlap. Deny. <laughs> Fantasy and science fiction definitely overlap a bit, but it definitely, but it feels more like fantasy, at least to me. Oh yeah, because it's like this sort of just like people have ba- uh, magic powers. Some people have this magic that they can do that they learn to control with their mind, and not through science or te- technology. So therefore, it's fantasy. There's a Gandalf. There are. There's a Mount you know, Doom. There's a there's a Mount Doom, and then there's uh, rock demons. Timeless beings who turn who out, want to exterminate they humans, tur- but there are people. They were Soylent people. Green. No, no, sorry. They <laughs> they were people who like. So there's a thing you find out like, oh, the world is all fucked up because people fucked it up, right? And then this is this is a big passage with Alabaster says at one point like it's a three a three prong or three sided war, you know. And it's like there's the magic people and the non-magic people. And then there's like the fucking earth, right? Like like it's a sentient being. The earth, the earth has an... And they keep... Interestingly, the book, the, the book is its father earth, which is pretty uncommon because in a lot of mythologies, the earth is the, is the mother. But father earth is like, you motherfuckers. And everyone else is... Father earth is more abusive. He's like, let me get my belt. And then he comes <laughs> and he, <laughs> And in this book, Father Earth is pissed because they blew up the moon. And Father Earth is an ass man. <laughs> so he's <laughs> very pissed off. But this gets explained. Like the, the, the conflict has been thousands of years in the making because of human arrogance and ignorance and stupid, you know, whatever. And so they're... Ch- Let's dig a hole to the Earth's core. Nothing bad could happen. If you just dig down deep enough, you could finger the Earth into Everyone... Everyone knows that's where ghosts are. And if you dig a hole, all the ghosts come out. The earth will just queef on you. <laughs> that's what volcanoes are, Nate. Ghost queefs. Go- made flesh. No? <laughs> so, but like, there's a whole thing. Oh, the- I'm drinking this peach salt beer. You know, it's it's kind of grown. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing, though, like... Oh fuck! I need to ruin your peachful salt beer coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Earth is all fucked up, and people are fighting over it, and fighting with each other, and um, that's been going on for literally t- twenty thousand years. Because everyone misses the moon. They're like, "Oh man, I really miss, I really miss full moons," and the werewolves are the most upset, of course. Because they're they've been really they've been really fucked. Like every like twenty three hundred years, a full moon passes by, and like yes, and then they, then after that, they just have to settle for watching Teen Wolf <laughs> until the next one comes around. If a werewolf has sex with a dog, is that bestiality? Uh, is there a word for intersex? Uh, 
Is a bestiality if neither person, neither participant is a person? That's what I'm asking. Are werewolves people? I wasn't going to judge them like that, Jimmy. That's harsh. <laughs> Nate? So, okay. <laughs> Great questions uh, of our time. <laughs> it, so we did not do a good job of explaining the plot. It can't but be done. It's hard, man. It is like, I, and not until we sat down and started recording and started trying to explain it was I like, oh, fuck, this is really complicated. It is. It's because there's so much stuff from the first book that we needed to explain. And then and it was complicated then. <laughs> yeah, and that was complicated. And this just added on to it. This and book we does did discuss- do the thing. Does do the thing which uh, George R. R. Martin talks about how in fantasy that in book one, you know, there's a it, you know it introduces magic, a certain type of magic, and then in book two, it has to introduce a new type of magic to counteract the first time of magic, first uh, kind of magic, and then in the third book, a third kind of magic to counteract the second magic and the first magic, and it is kind of doing that a little bit. I mean, it's not really counteracting. It's just developing it further to say, like, this is what it actually is. And the way, the point of it was... Oh, and it's like, oh, and there's more magic. If you dig down deeper, there's more magic past the first magic that you knew about before. Yeah, and also, basically, they reveal that everyone, they, they're the people they teach in the fulcrum, they don't let them get too far into it because they become more dangerous. So they don't allow people to learn... So, like, all the wild people, the ferals, they can do stuff that she doesn't understand because they just, this is just how they taught themselves. They were never limited by it. She can do more stuff because she's naturally better at it. And her daughter is even better at it, perhaps. And, you know, that's setting up the conflict of the third book where her daughter seems to be... I didn't really get this part because there's the bad stone eater uh, who wants to wipe out origins so they can't bring the moon back and stone eaters can take over the earth and he's working. He goes to see Nasun and he's like, let's work together. And he, he, uh, gives her a magic sword shit out of, cause she has her own obelisk that follows her around and says, we're going to do some good stuff together. And he's like, we're going to bring the moon back. And he's like, but that's what he was trying to stop. So maybe he's playing her, but it was kind of confusing because the whole fucking thing is confusing because there's so much, going on and i don't i mean i remember at the end of the first book i was like i'm very confused and i enjoyed it but i'm very confused and this, i think we discussed this we had one of the steepest learning curves for understanding what was going on in a book i've ever read that was before you punished us with ulysses you piece of shit there's no learning curve that's a brick wall it's <laughs> this w- I, I others are worse but yes the beginning of of the first book is quite challenging to understand what's going on I don't know what I said the last episode. I think my memory of it, at least, is it's it's not easy, but it's it's not unrewarding. Like, when you stick with it, you get to the end of the chapter, and you're like, you figure out a little bit more. Mm. Whereas there are plenty of other books out there where you read many chapters, and you're like, I have fucking no idea. Or you read many chapters, and you're like, oh, my God, there's still fucking dwarves eating breakfast. And you don't <laughs> care. Well, Michael, that was second breakfast. Yeah, it's true. I wasn't keeping track of the number of breakfasts. I think... Did you... I learned a thing today Uh that all the Hobbit names, those aren't their actual names. That's... They have names in their own language, and that's the translation into our language. And Frodo's name is like Mora. 
That sounds like the kind of bullshit Tolkien would do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really dumb. What an asshole. <laughs> or as we say in my language, asshole. <laughs> it's like fucking <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> So there is a lot of there is a lot of backstory. There is a lot of there is a lot of like discussion of magic and the backstory of the worlds and there's a ton of it. But NK Jemison, at least I think NK Jemison does a really good job of introducing it slowly enough and not just like dumping a hundred pages of like exposition on you, like all of these things are discovered as part of the plot and they seem important when they come up and yet they build on each other. Because uh, one problem that both fantasy and science fiction can have is that they just like dumps a ton of detail on you for no good reason. But this doesn't do, but does it, it does do it for a good reason. It yeah. does a good job of it. Definitely. No, I, I like the way she does it. And, and you, you texted us, Jimmy, because you started reading it first of the three of, of, three of us for this, uh, this cycle. And you were like, oh, God, I forgot how difficult this is or something like that you said. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, Cause no. Because it's been like a long time since we read it. And I was like, I remember, I remember basically, but there was so much I forgot. And like getting back into it was like, oh, God, I forgot how, how she does not hold your hand through this. And it comes back quicker this time, but it is still at, at first like, ooh, I got to figure this out. No, I, I think though like it's, it's, it's like right in the middle. Because there are books where... It, well, yeah, it's the second one. I hate you <laughs> so much. <laughs> I, I think her, um, her like, hand-holding is right in the middle difficulty-wise. Because there are books that it's, like, spelled out where every character is like, Hey, that's Hoa. He's a stone eater, comma. You know, the people that are made out of stone and eat stone. And they were formed 25,000. They, like, give you everything. Written, as written by Dan Brown. Exactly. By Dan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the extreme where they tell you, the other extreme where they tell you nothing. And you get to the end of the book and you're like, I don't fucking, what? Uh, and we haven't read too many of those. I'm thinking Neuromancer, um, where, you, where no one helps, helps you. It is like being an orphan child in Romania in 1986. At, or now. Or, well, yeah, but at least like then they had a dictator. Like you could blame somebody. Now, like it was, <laughs> it's just brutal. And you get to the end, you're like, I don't know, fuck. Well, that's why I'm under this bridge, I guess. But it, no one helps you. Like this was in the middle. It, it's not easy. It does not hold your hand. But you get to the end of every chapter and you're like, oh, I figured out a little bit. I got a little bit of something here. I really, I really liked how she paced it out. You know, it was not punishing, but it was not coddling either. So actually, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, but Nate probably reads the most of this kind of shit of any of us. I don't know. What do you think, Nate? Maybe. I mean, Fantasy I thought. Stuff. I'm sorry. Listens to the most of this <laughs> kind of shit. I think. I think of the three of us. You read, you read the most fantasy stuff, probably. Mostly because it. Of your girlfriends, the fantasy ones. <laughs> oh, oh, good night, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh So, from what? Yeah. So, uh, from what I understand, there's a fantasy series that I've actually started at least twice. But by that, I mean made it five percent of the way through the first book and gone like I don't know what the fuck is going on. This series called 
Malazan Book of the Fallen, which really just does not help you with it just like throws you in and you have no idea what's going on. Is it known for and this? It's known for being just incredibly difficult. People still really like it. Like I said, I only made it five percent of the way through the first book, so oh, God, I can't say I really books. judged it for what it is. But it, uh, yeah. So this is not definitely not the hardest thing. It is a, it is weird at first, but it's not the hardest. The only fantasy I read is stuff we do here. I mean, you read the fucking I've enjoyed Dan the ones Sim- and Stephen King and Dan Simmons. Where the fuck that guy's uh, the fucking that's sci-fi. Uh, tomato, tomato, dude. Well, okay. If we're, inclu- if we're including sci-fi, then yeah, I'll read a bunch of it. I mean, like fantasy, fantasy, like with, you know, knights and elves and shit. Well, this has neither of those things. Yeah. I mean, it, it is definitely, this one's definitely more on the border than a lot of them. I don't think against fantasy. It just, it's never really been my cup of tea, a cup of dwarven mead or some shit. Or oh, it's definitely mead, yeah, of course. I've actually read all three of these already. And so... I know what happens in the third book, or at least I'm definitely, I can't say I, can't, I remember right now <laughs> I I what happens in the third <laughs> book, but you know, I know it gets resolved somehow. But anyway, I, um, the first, ep- the first book, the episode on the first book, the fifth season was one of our most downloaded episodes of 2022. So hopefully this one will do well. And I think hopefully we won't take a year before reading the third one. I think it would be good just to remember what's happening. Just because we're like sucking this book's dick a lot right now, I will say, looking back on, so I was reading this and I recommended to a friend of of mine and Jimmy's really. Um, you recommended the first one? No, just right now, like reading this, and I was like, uh, I was talking to Sam, Jimmy, you know him, and I was, oh, he likes sci-fi fantasy books. I was like, you should read this book. And he texted back. He's like, I read the synopsis. I really would have thought I would never would have liked that. Because when you read the synopsis for the book, they're like, a world where climate change causes fucked up shit. And you're like, oh, that sounds terrible. Is that what the synopsis is? It's, it's, it's a little better than that. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll find it. In the first book, it's not even clear that it's our Earth. Like, I feel like the synopsis kind of ham hands it. If they say, like, oh, climate change is thing, and now there's rock mages. Um, so here, here's the, the first, the setting... Part on Wikipedia is the fifth season. Fifth season. The fifth season takes. <laughs> should have had a bunch of saisons. The fifth season <laughs> takes place on a planet with a single supercontinent called the Stillness. Every few centuries, its inhabitants endure in what they call a fifth season of catastrophic climate change. That's a fucking garbage setup. That's a, that's a horrific. Call it. Cl- Climate change. It's like it's earthquakes. It's like with a season of teeth. Like what climate yeah. makes teeth come out? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's been it got so hot that everything grew teeth. It's been almost six months since your last visit. <laughs> teeth show up. What is that? It's nonsense. You're due for a cleaning. Um, so yeah, reading that, I was like, wow, that actually sounds terrible. But I will say this book made, I mean, I don't know. Maybe because I was like polluting my brain, that this book made it a little bit more uh climate changey political kind of element to the book. I was like, I don't I don't need my sci fi to be that heavy handed. I like it just like Yeah. That synopsis makes it sound more like a 
position piece. Like, is, did Al Gore write this? Like, that's fucking yeah. <laughs> terrible sounding. Season of an inconvenient tooth. That was the worst <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like any second part of a trilogy, which I was trying to get it before, it it's like the first book has to kind of stand on its own or the first entity has to stand on its own, but the second one can't because if the second one could stand on its own, then the third one is kind of dog shit. Like what is that? So usually this, I'm thinking like star Wars is the great example or, um, even Lord of the Rings kind of does this a little bit. Like the first book is more or less cohesive. And then the second and third are much more linked together. That makes sense, right? like, yeah. like they like sets up a mm. much bigger cliffhanger. Whereas the cliffhanger of the first part is like, well, if that doesn't, if there's never a solution, there was enough closure that I'm cool with it. Whereas this, you're like, oh fuck, they gotta get a moon. Like that's a big deal. Like that's like a, I'm sure there's a fucking TMC reality show about like moon buyers or you know like they, <laughs> like they, they have to, tiny they house have to, on the moon yeah, exactly so 90 day fiance on the moon <laughs> 90 days point two g's or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> or if that man goes to the moon his head will emerge from his body because the low gravity <laughs> the, the gravity the space tater so now I'm like way more. Like, the first we read the first book a year ago, and I was like, "Oh, that was great," but we had so much other shit. I was like, oh, I'll, "I'll get back to that one day." So I agree with Nate. Like, got to get to that next one now because I'm gonna forget this shit. These rock-eating people and the, rock lobsters. That's true. Yeah, can't take them for granted, Jimmy. So uh, who should read this book? I guess slash series. Well, the series is you know. If you're into like sci-fi fantasy stuff, um, this book. If you read the first one, if you haven't read the first one, don't read this book. Oh, that would be terrible. That would be impossible. <laughs> Why would you do such a thing? That's stupid. I just had the thought though for uh, Nate for next year, you and me collaborate, and we make Jimmy read the third book of a hard science fiction trilogy for for the punishment book. Nice, because fuck him for Ulysses. <laughs> And it's like, here you go. Here's Malazan. What the fuck that is? Book number 10. Malazan book three. <laughs> there are 10 in that series. We're going to be do just book three and book seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the best way to do it. <laughs> so who should read the series, though? Seriously. Seriously. Well, anyone who likes, <laughs> anyone who likes sci-fi fantasy. It's very yeah. good. It's and I great. Most people. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, I, th- I think it's going to be hard for most people if they don't do sci-fi fantasy at all. Well, yeah, but fantasy is like the biggest thing. You yeah, know, more but, people read fantasy than read like literary fiction. You know, everyone who likes reading but wasn't an English major, you know, they really like fantasy. Yeah. And it's really like a way bigger genre than science fiction or really any other, probably. Is it, is it because, like for sci-fi, if you really like sci-fi... There's you kind of have to there's really movies like and science. TV. Yeah, but there's all, even even if you don't, if you like the like, I like sci-fi. You know, sci-fi science is cool, I guess. But there's a lot more science fiction movies and TV and stuff. Fantasy. There's a fantasy series or movie 
once in a while, and it's usually an adaptation of a book. Like, if you're really into fantasy, books are all there is. But people, so if you go by book sales, though, like, fantasy does so well. I know, I'm saying it's because people who like fantasy... That's because you're counting the they, Bible. All they mate. have is books. <laughs> oh, son. <laughs> I'll punch a book for next year. Just oh, Deuteronomy. <laughs> I already had an idea for a punishment book. I was going to make you motherfucker. It's really Jimmy. I'm sorry, Nate. Made the Read Mahabharata. The <laughs> I mean, like a fucking like three thousand page Indian epic. Is that, is that, is that not the Bhagavad Gita? No, it's it's a one point eight million word Indian epic. The Mahabharata. The words in Indian are all real long too. He said racistly. I don't know, but the <laughs> I, I've been steaming thinking of punishment books for Jimmy. <laughs> and all this is doing is actually is helping people listen and figure out when we recorded these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're gonna be you're gonna be angry all year. So I actually I have I have a physical copy of Ulysses in my house. I feel like and I looked I've already at it. won the punishment book challenge. We haven't even read any of them yet. It's because <laughs> it's just like it's such a dick. Because you know what it is? Because it's the kind of book that no one wants to read and be like, I didn't try. You know, because it's like a smart person's book. Like, if like, here, you want to read Little Woman? You're like, who gives a fuck about that? But, like, Ulysses, like, oh, that's a smart person literary nerd book. And we're, we, we, we're kind of, we have high opinions of ourselves. We should read that. <laughs> Whereas we, <laughs> we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, we're going to conspire next year. We're going we're gonna to really, we're going to ruin them. Let's do we're it. Gonna, we're going to do damage. We're going to read Ulysses 2 next year. <laughs> Ulyssing, <laughs> we Lissies. <laughs> fuck it. The story of Thin Lizzy. I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> I I agree though with you guys are saying. If you like, uh, I actually just recommended this book, the first of these books, to somebody. I have, I don't know if they started reading it yet. I'll let you know. And by the time we do the third one, they're back like, "What the fuck was that?" But it was. <laughs> I was like, "Listen, it's a great story." It's a really cool story. It's just a little hard to get going. But once it's going, that's that's great. And that's kind of a that's like as Nate's saying, like that's what fantasy is. Like fantasy is all about the cool story. Whereas science fiction, sometimes you get bogged down in midichlorian level kind of shit. Fantasy books are like, here's a cool thing. There's fucking dwarves and titties and dragons, and you're like, Yeah, it's a hot <laughs> minute. And you just go for it. So I rec- I recommended the first fifth season book to somebody. Uh, because I just think it's a cool story. I think it's just fun, and and like the big twist in the first book, we're like, oh, it's the same person. Uh, it was like a really big reveal. The second book, if you go for the second book, you you have to go for the third book at this. You know, like that's that's the thing I was trying to say before. You know, with a trilogy, they're not. It's not like you, I could also tag out here. Like no, like once you go for book two, you're in it for the run, or you're you're in, in it for the blue balls. So yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I I, I read, after I read the first one, I read the first one a while ago. I can't remember if I read it. I guess I read it for the podcast. I read it. I read it. I read it. I read it, and then we chose to do it, and I just didn't reread it. I think because it was pretty soon after I read it, and I wanted to read all of them for sure. And just just taking our time with it. But maybe we'll do the third one sooner, and just we should not release it right we'll away. Just <laughs> sit in the vault with that 2019 rock book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god, wait. it's been so long. A different rock book. Oh shit. <laughs> Fuck. 
Well, if N.K. Jameson dies, we can release that. That's one. a Rolling Stone that gathers no moss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. Oh, yeah. If you want to support the podcast, head over to Patreon.com and uh, give the monies to the podcast. Give five stars. And if you want to give reviews, you could do that over at um, anyone that lets you give reviews, like Yelp or something. I don't know. And just do that for the podcast. <laughs> you can also join us on Goodreads and we have a Zanga group going and we are just now starting out uh, on a friends we account a, and we're probably there we have a MySpace our number one is Tom but you could be number two <laughs> and check out the Hopped Up Network a network of independent beer podcasters and thanks for listening thanks for listening